0: Our meditation for this ninth Sunday after Trinity is on our Old Testament reading, 2 Samuel, chapter 22, from the 21st to the 34th verse. Hear the word of our Lord. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you show yourself blameless. With the purified you deal purely, and with the crooked you make yourself seem tortuous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's peek behind the curtain for a moment. Before we really discuss this passage and gather the treasures of God's Word into our hearts, let me say something about the lectionary and why I find it grating on occasion. You see, every now and then we get a passage that makes us Lutherans uncomfortable. We have our theological slogans and positions, and when the Bible says something that runs against how we like to phrase things, the congregation is likely to have some questions about it. We hold the justification by faith alone, or sola fide. Naturally, some immature believers get nervous when we read from James 2 because it sounds like it goes against that. We hold to the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. Occasionally, someone gets anxious when they hear our Lord say, do this in remembrance of me, because our Baptist friends like to think this vindicates their memorial view. I imagine the same squeamishness is felt in Roman Catholic churches whenever they hear our Lord Jesus say, Call no man your father on earth, or There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, with both verses going against their treatment of the priesthood and praying to the saints. The one-year lectionary often decides to dodge these uncomfortable passages, often starting or ending a selected passage a single verse away from something that might mean trouble. You can nearly miss it if you don't check out the whole chapter. Of course, I do not want to accuse the men who assembled the lectionary of being cowards, but so many passages in the lectionary appear to be dodging tough verses. It's difficult to miss the pattern. Today's Old Testament reading originally started in the 26th verse. Why? Well, likely, because the five verses preceding it have King David speaking of his own righteousness. And we just can't have that, can we? Why, if King David is allowed to speak of his own righteousness, then maybe the average Christian will start to ask questions about whether he has some righteousness of his own. And that just can't be, because we tell our laity that we're all poor, miserable sinners. Even if they are not cowards, I get the feeling that they are not willing to address the harder passages in Scripture. And the average Christian in the pew is missing out on account of it. So let's change things. Starting this Sunday, let us be brave Christians. Let us not shy away from the harder verses in the passage but instead affirm and celebrate them. Remember that the Bible is the most precious material possession you have. It is a gift from our Lord of infinite value and every single word in the Word is a treasure for us to keep in our hearts. And if the scripture says something we might struggle with, our Lord's intention is for us to engage with the text and grow from it rather than shrink away. King David's song in 2 Samuel 22 is a public praise, a hymn giving thanks to the Lord our God for his grace given to the king. The first verse of the chapter says, And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, and from the hand of Saul. Now, King David was at war for almost the entirety of his reign, and this song is recorded as having been proclaimed after the last war he fought against the Philistines. Thus it is likely that this is David's swan song, his public declaration of victory by the grace of God. With the help of our Lord, The Kingdom of Israel had finally, after 80 years, asserted itself, secured its borders, and achieved peace from all of its enemies. The first 20 or so verses shower praise upon our God for granting this long-term victory. But then we approach our passage for today And the first few verses sound like King David is patting himself on the back. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. We reading this, we're tempted to balk at this statement. This is David, the shepherd boy, motivated by his lust and greed to kill off a giant. This is David the adulterer, the wife-stealer and murderer. This is David with his many wives, the man who frolicked and danced half-naked in front of the Ark of the Covenant, who then all but abandoned his first wife with fake piety. This is David the land pirate, who when he was fleeing from Saul, victimized countless people. Reading today's passage, It is hard not to scream hypocrite at the text. Who is King David to proclaim that God has dealt with him according to some righteousness he has? Who is he to rejoice in some attaboy from God when he had egregious, massive sins in his past? Beloved, if that is how you feel... I want to know what kind of God you worship, because that's not the God of Scripture. It sounds to me like you worship an entirely unpleasable God. Oh, I've been there too. And I hated whenever someone in the Bible said something that sounded like, I'm a good person. I absolutely despised hearing David say, I have kept the ways of the Lord, because I knew that I certainly haven't. And it felt like blasphemy to hear David say that he had. The law was always bearing down on my heart, to the point where I doubted whether God was ever happy with me, or anything I ever did. The law always accuses, I heard, But if the law always accuses, and we are always hearing the voice of God saying, you are not good enough, then there was no reason for God to love us. To the contrary, it sounded like love became this superficial reason for God to save us when it felt like he didn't like us at all. And if God is so unpleasable, if he is never ever happy with you, then his love is the love of duty, not the love of compassion, or mercy, or grace. It is the same love of a cousin that your parents tell you to say, I love you, when you really don't feel anything for them. So I had come to believe that I am nothing but a worm, someone who deserves no attaboy from God. And David saying that he did, made my blood boil. Beloved, an unpleasable deity that feels nothing but contempt for the ones he saves? That is not the God of the Bible. When David says, I was blameless before him, this is not a denial of the sins in his past, but a celebration of how our Lord saw him. David says, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Not because David is perfect, but because this is how our Lord treats his saints. Let me proclaim to you right now, our God sees your good deeds and rejoices when you do them from faith. God appreciates you. Now how can this be if the law always accuses us and we are always made aware of our sins? Easy, our Lord Jesus died for those sins. He paid for those sins with his blood, and on account of that, these sins are wiped away. When God sees you, trusting in him with penitent faith, he does not count your sins against you. When you hear absolution that you are forgiven, know that you truly are forgiven, and the accusations of the law fall off of you. King David rejoices that God rewards his good deeds and his loyalty, not because he is perfect, but because his sins are forgiven. God considers nothing else but the good that he has brought about in David's life. Thus he sings, you save a humble people, those who approach God in humility and rejoice in his mercy. St. Paul writes, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. The author of Hebrews adds that faith is the only way to please God. Did you know that by faith your deeds make God happy? Did you know that he records the good that he inspires in you, that he empowers in you, and counts it in your favor? King David sings that all of his personal power comes from God. By you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. He sings that all of his blamelessness comes from God. This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. Our Lord forgave David, sanctified David, empowered David, and then rewarded David for all that had been worked in his life. And our Lord does the same for you, beloved. By the blood of Christ, he cares for you, forgives you, perfects and enables you, and then when he sees what has been worked in your life, he pats you on the back and says, Atta boy. We could go about our entire lives feeling like God hates our guts, or that he resents having saved us. Or we could look upon the real God who saved us because he saw all that he could do with us and the works that he would bring about through our faith, Ephesians 2.10. We could think of God as a distant father of latchkey kids, or we could see him as he is. Our Heavenly Father who cares for, encourages, and rewards us even when we don't feel like we deserve it. So God truly loves us in his heart of hearts and sees only good in the penitent believer. He does not count our sins against us. This is all the more reason to obey him, loving God above all and loving our neighbors as ourselves. This is all the more reason to avoid sin. Nothing I have said today does away with his displeasure and discipline for our failures. But while we walk, let us rejoice that even that is on account of his earnest desire to see us be children who are rewarded. He disciplines us to sanctify us that we may merit even greater rewards. As he does not see sin in the penitent believer's heart, he sees only the good that he has brought about. Remember, all from our God is grace to you. Even when he says, I need you to fix this. Even when he says at a boy, it is his good showered upon us for our eternal and material